Good morning and welcome to Life 101 with me, your host, Jay Jones, coming to you from the studio 1911. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody had a good two weeks. We're back in effect, y'all. We're getting ready to get down to the get down. Now, listen, anytime you have questions, comments, or criticisms, feel free to hit me on my Facebook page entitled Mr. J. Look for the red classic 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville convertible. Once you see that, then you have me. We welcome your comments and your thoughts. And I want to take this time to thank you for taking the time to listen to me and help me fulfill my dream. Um, I missed you guys over the last two weeks, so we just going to get right at it. You know, you may wonder why you always hear me talking about taking care of home. It's simple. Your home is the only place where you have complete control over whether or not you're going to be happy. I talk a lot about being happy. Yes, I do. It's a lesson I learned the hard way. When you've lost someone due to a terminal illness where you have absolutely no control over the outcome, you tend to put things in perspective. If you're smart, you start to evaluate what's really important. Having the baddest car, flyest clothes, or the biggest house on the block doesn't really matter all that much. What What's good is having all those things if you don't have Excuse me, what good is having all those things if you don't have good health? After all, you can't take any of it with you when you leave this life. It is my very humble opinion, the most important things to have in your life besides good health is to have peace. That's why it's so important to take care of home. On more than one occasion, you've heard me say that you take how you're feeling at home out into the world. That's why it's imperative that you make sure your home is as peaceful and as stress-free as possible. Here are some ways to achieve that goal. Number one, make time to communicate with God, i.e. by prayer, Bible study, or meditating. I make my time when I get home from work. My wife D sets aside at least an hour a day for, uh, for her time with God. I call it having her service. She's always refreshed afterwards. Number two, have quiet time where there's no distractions, no TV, radio, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Number three, sit down and just talk to your significant other. I find that when DNI talk Sometimes about nothing in particular, just when we open ourselves up to each other, it draws us closer. Re remember, whether you like it or not, your children learn about relationships by watching how you interact with your significant other. Let them see you showing love to one another. I remember my son telling my cousin after he got engaged, he said, I know what love is because I grew up in a house of love. Number four, make time for your children. Sit down and talk with them from time to time. You know, no matter how old your children get, they appreciate it when you make time for them. One thing my children know is that if they need to talk to D and I, we will make time for them. 
You must be straight up with them as well. Keep it 100 and don't BS them. If you do, they'll know it and they won't want to talk to you. As a matter of fact, you'll have created a breach that may be difficult to repair. Number five, try to have positive interactions with people you encounter going about your day-to-day business. Believe it or not, sometimes a kind word or a smile from a stranger is all that keeps someone from going over the edge. I remember once D and I were uh, picking up some food for my cousin's repast and we met this guy at the store and he started talking about how he lost his job and how he was having problems with his children, etc. And we gave him encouragement. We told him we would pray for him and what have you. And as I got out, as we were walking out to the car, I said, sweetheart, I think we made that man's day because sometimes you just need to talk. You just need for somebody to tell you everything is going to be all right. And, you know, that's a good thing to do because like I said, you never know. You might be the person that pushes them back from going over the edge. Fine. Uh, Number six, practice random acts of kindness. One thing I enjoy doing sometimes is paying for someone's purchases. Nothing big or extravagant. I remember one day I was in the store and the man had bought a couple of cans of beer and he set them on the counter. And I told him, I get that for you. And he looked at me and he said, thank you. I've had such a rough day at work and I really appreciate it. And you know, he told me, he said, you know, I work at the cemetery and I've got a busy day tomorrow. And I was like, wow. But just the fact that you can make somebody's day, that's what God wants us to do. Look out for one another. That's what's missing. You know, D and I were in a convenience store one time and a young man was buying something on his EBT card. And we said, we got it. He looked at us, he smiled. And he said, thank you. He said, I was, last, I was down to my last few dollars on this card. And mind you, D and I are far from wealthy, but you always get back what you give to others. It's not always monetary. And remember, you get back what you give. Number seven, treat people the way you want to be treated. You want respect, give it. It's very simple. It's it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we have certainly got away from that. And number eight, let's not to forget, excuse me, let's not forget to love on our seniors. Spend time talking with them. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Their bodies may be getting old, but their minds are still just as sharp as a tack. And you know something? You just might learn something. My late mother always said, listen to old folks. She said, because they didn't get old being the fool. And that is the truth. Like I said, they have walked up the road of life a lot farther than we have. And they can sometimes help us navigate so we don't have the same pitfalls. And family, let me tell you something. 
The game don't change, just the faces and the places. Everything old is new again. I look at some of the things my children are going through, and I went through them too. But, I mean, nowadays, kids have a lot more distractions. So you really have to take the time and really chat with your kids and keep abreast of what's going on. Really, though. And seriously, take the time to make your home whatever you want it to be. Seriously, I've always told my son, I said, when you get married or when you move out and get your own apartment or you start, you know, dealing with dealing with a female. I say the first time you get in your car and you dread going home, you have to immediately get home and have a talk with your significant other. No matter what she's doing right now, right here, right now. And if she asks you why. Then I told him, you tell her, because I was dreading coming home. And I'll be doggone if I'm going to pay bills somewhere and not be happy. That's just the real of it, y'all. That is just the real of it. Home is where the heart is, and you got to take care of the heart. And that's just real. Take care of home, people. You ain't less than a man. You ain't less than a woman because you pour into one another. And the funny thing is, it's always the people that don't have anybody that want you to mess up your good thing. Never forget people, misery loves company. And if people see that you happy at your house, they're gonna come over to your place and bring they hate dust and sprinkle a little bit around the house. And then they're gonna say something that they know is gonna strike a nerve with your significant other. You know what I'm saying? And then they'll leave. And then they'll call about a half an hour later and come with the weak stuff about, I didn't mean to say that, you know what I'm saying? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Watch out for the haters, folks. Take care of home. Seriously, take care of home. Now, family, I got to talk to y'all about something that really bothers me to no end. You know what I'm saying? And it's like a lot of a lot of folks aren't listening. So I'm going to keep talking about it until it gets through. And it is simply this, people. How in the world can we expect America to get behind Black Lives Matter if we're constantly killing one another ourselves? A young mother lost her life a couple of weeks ago during a botched robbery attempt. Come on, family. This senseless violence against our own must stop. You feeling me? It's got to stop. You know, we out here protesting, raising all kind of holy hell, and then we turning right back around and going in our communities and killing one another. And, and, and for what? And for what? Because you want to be hard? Because you want to be tough? That don't make you hard? That don't make you tough? We finally got the momentum and some of y'all fools out there are turning right around and shooting us in the foot. I mean, brother George Floyd lost his life and the whole world got to see it. 
and the whole world started getting right behind us. And what do we do? We continue senseless violence in our own neighborhoods. I was looking on Google the other day where they interviewed a Klansman. And you know what he said? Oh, we don't have to do all that killing and maiming anymore. They're doing it for us. He said, if I had my way, I would take a truckload of whiskey and illicit drugs and guns and just leave them in the neighborhood and just sit back and watch the annihilation. Come on, y'all. We got to stop all of this. We got to stop all of this. You know what I'm saying? And what really bothers me, because the young men that killed this woman, they're in custody. But now we've got four lives that are ruined. Well, well, three, hopefully not four. <coughs> because, excuse me, because the, the young lady, she's gone. The two men, they're going to they're going to do time. They locked up. They're going to do time. And Lord, we've got to pray that the young son that this woman left behind does not become jaded and does not become bitter with life and decides he's going to do to someone else what was done to him. We got to stop it, y'all. We really have to stop it. You know, it's rough to grow up without your mother. I look at my daughter who lost her mother at seven. That's, 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 that's a hard pill to swallow. My late father lost his mother at six. And, it, and it's rough not having that mother's love, y'all. And we got to stop this. We got to stop all this gangster boogie BS. We got to stop all this thug crap. And here's my formula for it. Brothers, start being at home. Raise your children. You got along well enough with that woman to lay down and make that baby. You know what I'm saying? So get along well enough to raise that child. It ain't always about the child support. It's about the time. Teach your children. Teach them well. My Uncle Jack, retired bishop, he told me some 30, almost 30, no, excuse me, about 25 years ago when I first moved back to Cleveland and I took my son to meet him for the first time. He looked at him. He said, he's a good looking young man. Now you teach him how to be a man. And that always stuck with me because you know what? In teaching my son how to be a man, I became a better man because I had to be walking it like I talk it. Because kids are very perceptive. They know when you running game on them. They know when you just, you know, BSing them. And that's when you lose them. Take the time. Teach your kids. It's not only important to be in your son's life, brothers. It's important to be in your daughter's life as well. Because, see, if you sorry and lackluster and ain't about it, about it, she going to think it's okay for her to pick a brother that's that way too. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to tell you something else. Kids will call you on stuff once they get their voice, once they become adults. 
They will call you on stuff like, well, wait a minute. You got your nerve telling me this, that, and the third when I don't remember you being in my life. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, I know what it is. My parents divorced when I was like nine years old. You know what I'm saying? And I would have to sneak and go spend time with my father. You know what I'm saying? But it, it wasn't the same as him being in my life. Make the time for your kids, my brothers and sisters. That makes all the difference in the world. Sitting up, talking with them. I will never forget one day I stayed for two of my son's shows at school and I had had a rough night at work. I stayed through the first performance and he said he wanted me to stay for the other. I said, okay, I will. And when we got home and right before I laid down to take my nap before I went to work, he said, daddy, thank you. I love you. Now, I'm not trying to paint this picture that, you know, I'm father of the year because I'm not. I'm not perfect. I have my flaws and faults as well. But one thing I do try to do is make my children priority number one. We got to stop the TV and Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter. We got to stop all of that from raising our kids and, and all these violent video games and all of that. You know, one thing my late mother would do if she didn't approve of something we were looking at on TV, she changed the channel. And if, and, and if you didn't like it, oh well. Sometimes she would turn the TV off and make us go outside and play. But we have to start raising our children again. We have to teach our children to value life. And I'm sick of us proving these, these, these racist, ignorant people right because of the fact that we out here killing each other. It's got to stop, y'all. It's got to stop. Because this time, it was, it was a, a, a stranger. Next time, it could be somebody you know and love. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop this. We got to, and it's very simple, just like you heard me say about making a happy home. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And not everybody's going to follow that tenet. But for the folks that's got an attitude problem, like we used to say in the Navy, to the rear march, walk away. Walk away. When I see young bucks out on the street now, that's the one thing I always tell them. You ain't soft because you walk away from some bull crap. And you know what I love hearing? You already know it, old school. Because we got to take the time to reach and teach, y'all. Because as you always hear me say, you ain't hard because you got a pistol in your belt and you walking around looking like you got to go to the bathroom and can't find one. You hard when you done paid that rent and that mortgage and all your bills are paid. You hard when the refrigerator and the cabinets are full. You hard when your kids got clean clothes to wear. You hard when you, your family got a roof over their head. That's when you hard. You know what I'm saying? All that other stuff is just that stuff, junk, garbage, crap.
And I'm going to tell you something else. And this is my opinion. A lot of this wouldn't be going on out here if sisters raised their standards. You know, back in my day, you had to be stepping to a woman with, with, with some kind of future. Broke brothers need not apply. You know what I'm saying? All this, I want a thug. That don't mean nothing. I don't know too many retired thugs, but I know where their retirement home is. It's called Lucasville and Marion and Grafton. That's where all the thugs are. My mom used to say all the slick and the bad mofos are either dead or in jail. And you know something? 40 years later, that woman had plenty of sense because it's still the truth today. Stop this, brothers and sisters. Stop it. We finally got faces from all races backing us up, believing in us wanting to help us in our struggle. And what are we doing? We're putting putting their efforts in vain because we're going around killing each other ourselves. It's got to stop, y'all. It's got to stop. You know, it's sad when you youngsters out here don't even think about reaching 40, 45, and 50. You know, back in my day, we was too busy trying to hang out and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? And for for these for, for for a lot of this rap music that's out here, and don't get me wrong, I'm a Houdini Grandmaster Flash, you know what I'm saying? Uh Mixmaster Scott. I like a I like a little hip hop here and there too, but I like the old school stuff that was talking about having a good time, hanging out with your peeps. I ain't with all this other stuff about shooting and killing and I got my gat and all of that. I ain't with all of that. You know what I'm saying? But y'all got to, and here's something I want you, 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 you young thugs to think about too. If you're fortunate enough to reach my age, I'm happy to tell you I'm 57 years old. Do you really want to be talking about this was my jam? Talking about I shot somebody. Do you is that really what you want to be reminiscing about? Come on, y'all. Stop it. Black lives ain't gonna matter until they matter within the community. They matter within us. We are being more hypocritical than the Republicans are. We are being hypocrites. Stop it, y'all. Tell your boy the man go sit down somewhere with that with that noise you trying to do. Tell your girl, girl, go sit down somewhere. Be a true friend. Tell him the truth. Man, you tripping. That's one thing I love about my wife, D. She will tell me in a minute when I'm tripping. And we got to stop. Tell each other the truth. Care enough about each other to be like, man, this is unnecessary. I mean, it's sad when you can't go out in the street and try to do something nice for somebody where you got to be looking over your shoulders. That's sad. You know what I'm saying? Look, look at here, y'all. We can chant. We can march and we can protest. 
It ain't going to mean a damn thing until we get it together in the community and stop killing one another. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to mean a thing. Wake up, family. Stop sleeping. That's real. Now, to the over 210,000 people who've lost their lives, I pray every day that your families will, will somehow get better and will somehow learn to live without you. But this COVID-19 ain't no joke, people. It ain't no joke. And for all the people who choose not to wear a mask, you're being selfish and you're being petty. Because, see, you may not get sick, but you may infect somebody else. And I don't want your germs. So you know what I do? I wear a mask. People, this is no joke. Your president seems to think it is. Your president is on the record as knowing how lethal this was and didn't do, didn't do anything to combat it. Well, we got to combat it ourselves, people. Wear your mask. Wash your hands for at least 30 seconds with soap and water constantly. Practice social distancing. You've heard me say it on more than one occasion, and I borrowed it from somebody who put it on Facebook. Six feet apart is a hell of a lot better than six feet underground. Okay? Don't be in places where there can't be no social distancing. The thing of it is, once we get this back together, once we get this curve flattened, we may be able to go back to hanging it out and kicking it. But right now, we have to sacrifice people. Because I know I do not want to be a statistic out here. I don't want anybody in my family to be a statistic. And I pray that you guys don't want that either. So once again, wear your mask. Wash your hands for 30 seconds with, with soap and water. Practice social distancing six feet apart and avoid large crowds. This is only a temporary setback, y'all. We And we've got to let science do what it do. We got to let science do what it do. So stop. Avoid people who don't have a mask on. Yeah, it's your right not to wear one, but it's also my right not to catch your germs and what have you. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, get together, people. We got to, we got to wake up. And on that note, I must say again, let your voice be heard on November 3rd. Seriously, let your voice be heard on November 3rd. I'm not going to do a lot of Donald Trump bashing today because he's bashed himself enough. Uh, and the debates, his ineptitude, his inaction, his immaturity 
has all spoken for itself. You want another four years of this? And as Ronald Reagan asked during the debate with Jenny, Jimmy Carter back in 1980, are you better off today than you were four years ago? I'll bet you they're, I know for a fact, there are over 210,000 people who are not better off today because they're gone. You know what I'm saying? Let your voice be heard on November 3rd. Vote. Vote. If you don't vote, you don't count. If you don't vote, you have no right to complain. You know what I'm saying? And do not pay attention. Oh, it's lovely to know that Biden's ahead in the polls. But let's not take that as the gospel. Let's not use that as an excuse to sit on our duff. Because that's what happened last time. Enough people didn't get out to vote. And here's something else, people. We need to fire this guy with a resounding, you're fired. And the only way we're going to do that is we've got to vote in droves. And I know it's going to be inconvenient, standing in line, et cetera, et cetera. But if we don't get this guy out of office, we're going to be standing in line for food and everything else. Because it's, a, it's funny to me. This president and all of his enablers, they don't want to get a coronavirus bill passed to help people who are struggling. But they 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 moving balls to the wall to get this Supreme Court justice to the court. You know what I'm saying? Vote. We need people in office that are going to do our will. If I remember correctly, the Constitution starts out like this. We, the people of the United States, not just the, the, the one percentile. We, the people. That means our senators and our congressmen work for us. Our president works for us. They've got it twisted. On November 3rd, let's twist it back the way it's supposed to be. If you don't want to look out for the people of this country, then you don't need your job. And as your president loves to say, you're fired. So let's give him a resounding you're fired. Let your voice be heard on November 3rd. Let's get rid of this president and all of his enablers because they could care less about us. Joe Blow, Mr. and Mrs. John Q, working class public like i said they have chosen to not even think about the coronavirus bill things that are going to help get this country back on its feet what's more important to them is getting this woman nominated to the supreme court so you see where their priorities are once again let your voice be heard on november 3rd and that's real. I want to thank you once again for listening to me. And I want each and every one of you to know everything I've said on today's show and everything I say on any show is my opinion 
and my opinion alone. It's what helps me get through the day. And if I can help you get through your day, then I'm all right. I want to thank you all for helping me to live my dream. Because by your listening to me, you're helping me to live my dream. And as always, when I close, I like to thank the people who are most important in my life, who give me reason to do what I do. I like to thank my lovely wife, Dee, for your inspiration, for your encouragement, because without you, none of this would have been possible. And sweetheart, I have to tell you, thank you so much for being the woman beside this man. To my two children, Jade the second and Natalia, I want you guys to know that you're my inspiration as well. I want you to realize that you can live your dream just like I'm living mine. It may not be easy. It's going to take some hard work. But if I can do it, you can too. Daddy loves you. As always, shout out to the coolest mother-in-law God ever gave breath, Mrs. Rebecca Hove. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Thank you for your inspiration. And as I always say, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. As always, shout out to my pastor and his first lady, Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark and Pastor Lenore Marie Clark of the Body of Christ Assembly. Shout out to Bishop Jack Spencer and his first lady, Missionary Rachel Spencer, Pastors Emeritus of the Pilgrim Temple Church and to his successor, Elder Daniel Spencer, and his first lady, Jazz Lene Spencer, rock on, because you're doing the family business proud, my brother. And shout out to Reverend Rena Baker. You have been such a joy and such an influence on my life. I want to thank you for all the love and support you give us, D&I, and my children. Much love to you, Reverend Rena. And finally, to Pastor Gloria Cheney of the Church of the Master, the sister who wants to tell a dying world about a living God, much love, much love. Until I see y'all in the next two, in another two weeks, keep on praying, take care of home, walk away from any unnecessary garbage, and always remember this, because this is something I firmly believe. You're either being about it or you talking about it. And talk is cheap all day long. Like I said, you either being about it or you talking about it. And that's real. And each one, reach one and teach one, okay? Each one, reach one and teach one. I'm gone, y'all. I'll see you in two weeks. Much love to you one and all. Peace.